We all ask questions. Why is the sky blue? What happened to all the dinosaurs? What was the best thing before sliced bread? But some questions are more important than others. How do I forgive someone even when I feel like I can't? What's my purpose in life? How can I be the parent God wants me to be and the one my kids need me to be? So where do we turn? To the one that has all the answers. We'll tackle some of life's most complex issues and discover God's best plan. Why? Because you asked for it. Good morning, City Church. Aren't you grateful for grace today and the work of God's Spirit in our time of worship? Can we give the worship team a great big hand? Wasn't that awesome? Wow. Jesus is here. Hey, uh, if you're watching online today, we just want to say welcome home. If you're here for the first time or it's been a long time since you've been to City Church, we want to thank you for being with us today. We really want to extend our heart to yours, and we just want to say welcome home. You've come home today. You've come home to God and to the family of God, and we are so grateful that you are with us, worshiping our King, King Jesus. Uh, we are in a series entitled, You Asked For It. And what happened was this last Easter, we had about 2,200 people come to the doors of City Church through four services this past Easter, and we asked the question, what would you like to hear us talk about? And we had a, a number of responses. And over the last couple of weeks, starting with prayer, which was the number one response, how do I pray? And then last week, Pastor Glenn talked about how do I manage or steward my money, and, and Pastor Glenn talked about that. And one of the other top questions was, what's my purpose in life? Why am I here? I got to tell you that uh, this area of purpose is so important because if you don't answer this why, nothing in life makes sense. The man I'm about to introduce to you, uh, we've been friends for a long time. Everyone say a long time? Long time. Going back from wee little child. And, uh, but in 1985, we reconnected. And I got to tell you, that friendship, you know you have friends as a kid, but I was a young man who had just come to faith in Christ, and this individual, this person, really became a great friend to me. And I remember the day that he looked at me, and he said, Eugene, he said, God's really got his hand on your life, and I think you know to, need to go to Bible college. And what he didn't know is that God had been speaking to me, and I felt so inadequate. But his challenge, his friendship challenge to move me forward in my faith really was the catalyst to get me moving forward in my next step in God. Part of the reason that we're here today is because I really listened to his counsel and friendship. I got to tell you that he's a great, he's a great family man. He's got incredible kids, a beautiful wife. He's a, he's a great dad. He's a great dad. And, but I, and all that, all those things are really awesome about his life. What I really appreciate about, appreciate about him is his faith. He's got a faith, a tenacity in God. And he has just been a lifelong friend that I am so grateful that God has put into my life. And without further ado today, I want you to welcome Lee Metcalf to the City Church platform. Come on, can you give Lee a great big hand? Come on, guys, let's welcome him. Hey, thank you so much. Good morning. Great to be with you today at City Church. What a great church. Man, from the last time I was in the other building to this time, wow, this is amazing what God is doing in this place. Are you thankful for a new sanctuary and new facilities and uh, just having space? This is just great, and it is just wonderful to be with you. 
I, I love your pastor. I appreciate the invitation to be here with Pastor Eugene and Laura. They are just great friends. I think 35 years or so that we've known each other and uh, just really appreciate and have great respect for Pastor Eugene and his life and his ministry, uh, character, just so many uh, wonderful things about him and his friendship. I'm just so, so grateful for, uh, and I'm just glad to be here. It's an honor to be here with you today and a privilege. Looking forward to uh, tonight, being with you uh, tonight. How many of you guys have a ticket for tonight? Yeah. And uh, we're going to have a great time tonight and uh, got a few... Uh, hunting stories. Pastor Eugene said, hey, are you going to share a few hunting things? I said, yeah, I've had a few hunting adventures since last time. How many of you guys are last time when I got, when I talked uh, at the men's thing? Uh, how many, I talked about a moose story. Do you guys remember that? I told about my daughter got ran over by a moose and uh, lived to tell about it, thankfully. And uh, I lived to tell about it because my wife almost killed me after taking my daughter to Alaska to be in a place where you could get run over by a moose. And I had uh, actually since then we went up there with guns and a hunting this time and had another moose experience. I'll share that with you tonight. And uh, I don't have good luck with moose. I don't know what the deal is. And uh, but it's it, uh, going to share some great things tonight. Looking forward to tonight with you. I usually have uh, somebody with my family with me. I try to travel. I didn't get to bring any of them today. And uh, but I'll show you a picture of them. Uh, give you an updated picture. Uh, this is my wife, both my son and my daughter. And uh, my son, uh, just started, I was just texting him just a few minutes ago, and uh, he just started his first day. He was a youth pastor at a church plant. He's 24 years old. He's uh, back from college, living at home. He's actually working on his master's degree. We're doing that together through Vanguard University and Leadership Studies. Just got done and actually flew out here from a week of classes in California uh, with my son. And uh, he just started this morning at a new position. He was one year at a church plant, Church and Surprise, where he's now the youth pastor. He's got 350 students between 12 and 18 years old. And uh, he's, uh, his head's spinning. He's a busy guy all of a sudden. And, but he was just starting this morning. And it was his very first day. And uh, with those guys, got a, his first youth meeting tonight. And uh, just exciting. He actually gets paid at this place. This is really going to be good for him. And uh, especially paying those school bills and all that. But uh, proud of my son. We just have a lot of adventure together and a lot of fun together. Uh, my daughter just graduated. Uh, this is uh, this last May from Southwestern Summers of God University. And uh, she took a position as a youth pastor at a church plant in Flagstaff, Arizona. And uh, she is going to be uh, next year moving to Flagstaff. And uh, she actually got engaged right after she graduated. Had uh, some big hairy guy ask me if he could have my daughter. And uh, I've got mixed emotions about that. I said, you know, the first thing I told him, I said, you know, I just bought a new Henry lever action rifle. And uh, I'd be happy to show that to you. Why don't we go out in the desert? And, uh, <laughs> and actually, she's uh, married a great guy. October 28th, she's getting married. And all I can say to any of you that have a daughter, start saving now. It is expensive. Wow. Had no idea. And, uh, but I am... Uh, uh, just real excited. My wife, I've uh, been married now 26 years, and uh, my wife Jody, and uh, met her 27 years ago. I was on a missions trip, and uh, you know, the Bible says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing. How many of you guys found a good thing today? All right, about half of you guys. What happened to the rest of you guys? Guys, I'm giving you a chance here, all right, with your wife. How many of you guys found a really good thing when you found your wife? All right, there you go. 
and uh, I was, uh, you know, it's one of those things that means when you either find it, the wife in scripture, it's not like you're out searching. It just means to happen upon. You just kind of like happen upon like, wow, there she is. And uh, that's what happened with me. I had never prayed my whole life and about getting married. I just thought, you know, I, I just wasn't ready. I just thought I'm not going to worry about it. I don't have any money. I can't afford, you know, to be dating right now. Uh, anyway, but uh, I wasn't as quick as Pastor Eugene. He was smooth when he was young. And with the girls, he was bold. He was smooth. And, and I just, he, he got married a few years before I did. And uh, so I was just a little bit slow, I guess. But I went to three Bible colleges, still couldn't find a girl. You know, I went to three different ones. So I'm, I prayed. I, I moved into my first house. I was a youth pastor. been five years. I'm single. My pastor just gave up on me. He said, you know, you're just looking for the perfect nun, you know, person. He goes, that's what you're going to get, nun, you know, if you keep <laughs> passing up all these people. And uh, finally, though, I decided, you know what, I should pray about this. I moved into a house, and, and uh, all I had on the wall was a clock. I mean, in the entire house, there was nothing on the wall. This is really sad. And I prayed, God, I think I'm ready for that person. Don't make me go through all the trying to figure out who it is. Just bring her supernaturally into my life. You brought Eve to Adam. Why don't you bring some girl in my life? And I pray, God, if she, I want her to be spirit-filled, godly, serving you, and, you know, all these things. And if she's tall and blonde, that would just be awesome if you could work that out for me. And uh, no kidding, I'm praying while I'm packing for a trip to Costa Rica. First time in my life I'd ever prayed about that. And uh, God, I just know you can do this in my life. I got faith in you. The timing is right. I feel it's right now in my life. Just bring her into my life. And I'm packing for this trip for uh, setting up a missions trip down in Costa Rica. Five days later, in the airport in Costa Rica, I meet Jody in the airport. And I'm like, I can't believe this is amazing. I'm like, and, and we met. We ended up sitting on the plane together. And, and, um, she said God told her right away, this is the guy you're going to marry. She was dating some other loser. I don't know what happened with, you know, what she was thinking. But the, <laughs> no, I'm sure he was a great guy. But, um, and it, she said God spoke to her. He didn't speak to me, but I was sure hoping that he would speak to me. And uh, thinking, hey, this would be great. And uh, needless to say, got married uh, 11 months later from that day that I met her. Been married now 26 years. And I uh, thank God for his blessings in our life. And uh, what God can do is absolutely amazing. I was actually with a good friend, Rick Ryan, who was with us. He was our uh, district youth director, and he was on the same trip. Met his wife on the same trip out on the beach in California. She was working for a missionary, and they met and connected on the beach. And, and uh, he met her. And I, I'm telling my son, maybe I need to take you on a trip to Costa Rica or something and uh, help you out. How many of you guys, any single guys want to go on a trip to Costa Rica? And... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, we, uh, I, I was given my uh, task. You asked for it today. You asked about your purpose. You asked, what is my purpose? That is a question. I think every believer kind of goes through that, that phase in our life is like, God, is there more for me? Is there something more in my life that, that you have? I, I know I'm, I'm doing the Christian thing. I'm trying to follow you. I'm following the, the patterns of how I'm supposed to live. And, but God, what is my purpose? And I think what we're asking is, Lord, is there something of significance for my life? If you, many of you, were, you may be like me. I, when growing up in church, um, I looked at all the people that are gifted. Like I looked this morning at all these gifted people on the stage, and those were not me. 
and uh, I was not the person that could play instruments and sing and, and do all that stuff. I tried to play an instrument. They made me play a trombone because I was tall and I could actually, you know, you could reach the thing with the slide and that whole deal. I was like in the fifth grade. You know, I wanted to play the saxophone. They said, no, we got too many people that play that. You need to play the trombone. That lasted about a year. You know, I thought there's no way. So my music career ended after that. You know, it didn't last very long. And uh, didn't sing, didn't have all the talent of a lot of people that they have. And I'll talk a little bit about what I found in my purpose in life that maybe some of you guys would relate to in life. But there's two things that we look at. One is the biblical answer to the question, what is my purpose, is simply to be like Jesus. That's our goal for every believer is to be like Jesus. We want to live, when we come to faith in Christ and we find that relationship with him and and we're forgiven, we're transformed in our heart and our life, we're given a future, we're given hope and direction in life, and we just, we want to be like Jesus. We don't want to be like the world anymore. We want to give up all the old nature, all the old stuff, all the things that, that made life miserable for us. We're on a new track, and it's to be like Jesus. We know that, and I think we got that down. I don't think that that's the question that everybody asks today. It's like, okay, I know biblically, but what is it specifically in my life that, that I, I can find in my life that God has for me? I think that's more of what we want to find today. And I'm going to tell you, every one of you and every person on the planet was created in the image of God. You were created in the image of God. Every person on the planet. And for that reason alone, every human deserves to be treated with dignity and respect. Every person deserves that. It doesn't matter what age. It doesn't matter what size. It doesn't matter what ethnicity. Everybody has been created by God in his image. So would you tell somebody next to you, God did an amazing job with you. God did an amazing job with you. You don't have anybody to tell you that this morning. <laughs> he did an amazing job with us. I want to, to read, and I, I know I gave guys in the, in the uh, sound booth a lot of scriptures. I'm going to jump ahead to a couple of scriptures here that I want to share with you. Um, in John chapter 17, a prayer that Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed, I ask not only on behalf of these, speaking of the 11 disciples, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them so that they may be one as we are one and I in them and you in me that they may become completely one so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. We need to realize that when Jesus prays that we may all be one, he's not praying for some kind of, of sociological, theological unity. The unity, the oneness that Jesus prays for, for is illustrated by his own relationship with God. As you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us. Jesus is praying that you would be in that relationship with the Father just as he was. We are created in the image of God. We are created in his likeness. And we are called to live like Jesus. Now, we know that we 
grow up in a broken world. We know that, that we're in a fallen world. We know that we have the struggles and the temptations and the things that, you know, we relate to Paul at those moments. And when uh, we realize, hey, I'm doing the things I don't want to do and I'm not doing the things that I do want to do. And, and we kind of wrestle with that, our, our faith and being like Christ and slipping back into those things of the old nature and in, a, in the old ways and we think god i want to live for you i want to be like you that's what we are all striving for our biblical purpose is to be like jesus but what is my practical everyday purpose in life what is it beyond trying to live like christ what is it in the midst of living like christ that i'm i'm supposed to do what am i here sucking air on this planet for is there some purpose beyond just going to work every day? Is there something greater that God has for my life or am I just gonna kinda go through the motions and do church every Sunday and Wednesday and small group and you know, and just kinda cruise through and is there something more for me? Has anybody wondered that before? Yeah. I wanna tell you, God does have something for you. Amen. He has something specific for each one of you that he has called you to, that he has gifted you for, that he is passionate about for you, that you can be passionate about in your life. I think we ask those questions, what does my future look like? What do I do with my life? I, I wanna go to school, I wanna do a career, I've got bills to pay, I wanna get married, um, maybe I wanna have kids, I wanna see the world, I wanna live life. We all have those dreams. And we're all kind of figuring out, what's the direction, where do I go? Never forget, I remember that moment at Granite Hills Camp in Prescott when Pastor Eugene, when I talked to him about Bible college, I just felt strongly in my life. And I remember that, saying, man, God's hand is upon this guy. And uh, hey, I know of this Bible college that I think would be perfect for you up in Portland, Oregon. And I remember talking about having that conversation. And uh, he called me, we stayed in contact, and he decided to go. And I, and I rode with him up there. And uh, I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. And a, probably a, a good thing that I went, but I should have been driving, I found out later. And uh, Pastor Eugene is full speed everything he does. If you've been around him, it is like there is no uh, in-between. It's like turbo, full speed, you know, high speed, high energy all the time. And uh, it's the same with his driving. And he had this, was what year, 76 Mustang that uh, I had no idea that you could do 125 whatever miles an hour that we were, I, don't, I was too afraid. I think I left finger marks in the dashboard. That was back in the days when we didn't have enough money for good tires and didn't wear seat belts, you know, but we drove like, you know, nothing could happen. I think we were, uh, it was like driving across Nevada on those straight roads, thought it was Death Valley. We were gonna set a new land speed record in this 76 Mustang. And uh, it was exciting in a day, needless to say, when Pastor Eugene, how many of you like to hear about when he was younger? Anybody like to hear about those younger days? And uh, <laughs> I'll try not to embarrass you, Pastor Eugene. You know, those younger days, I do, I do remember that Pastor Eugene, he always had a lot more money than all the other uh, guys. It seemed like he had a really good paying job. And uh, he was a waiter at the only five-star restaurant in Arizona and, uh, at the time at the tack room down in Tucson. So he always got a lot of tips, had a lot of cash. He always had cash, man. The guy always had money. And he always dressed sharp, 
uh, he's one of the few guys that actually ironed his clothes. Man, he just looks sharp like he's ready to go. And, uh, you know, when you're young, it's just like, oh, that's, that'll, that'll work. You know, let's just go with that. And, uh, but he always looks sharp, and uh, he was always smart, bold, loved to debate. And, uh, man, just loved to debate people. And I think because he loved to learn. He just loved to learn and find out what people knew and would just challenge people and, and uh, could just talk to anyone. He's really bold and uh, just would talk to anybody, anytime, anywhere about Jesus and tell them, hey, Jesus loves you. And, I mean, it just there was that boldness, always that just a, a gifted soul winner. I think you're one of my friends that's just a gifted soul winner and talking to people about Jesus. And the really cool thing, he wasn't nervous to talk at girls when he was to talk to girls when he was a young guy, and it's probably why it took me so long. I'd get around girls and I'm just like, I don't know what to say, you know. I'm just like nervous. Anybody like that, guys? You just kind of get nervous, and uh, but like I said, he was just smooth, you know. And I I don't know how, uh, but he somehow convinced Laura to go out with him when he got to Portland. <laughs> And uh, Laura was like one of those church favorite girls, protected, all that. And I don't know how Eugene slipped in, but, man, he's smooth. And uh, he, got, he got in their relationship with Laura. And uh, he says he married way up when he married Laura. And uh, she's just amazing, isn't uh, Laura? She's just an amazing lady. I don't know where she's at this morning, but she is absolutely amazing. And... Uh, Pastor Eugene, we both married way up. I probably did way further than you married up. But what I've always loved about Pastor Eugene and, and, and admired about him and, uh, is his passion for Jesus and his passion for life, his passion for people, his passion for prayer, for planting churches, for his family, and, and especially for good food. <laughs> He's passionate in everything that he does in life. And I want to tell you this morning, for all of us, our purpose is linked with our passion. What you are passionate about in life, that's what is, is linked really significantly with your purpose in life. There are some things that you are probably just very, very passionate about in life. When you are passionate, it sets you apart from other people. The world is full of average. We've got a lot of average around us. The world is full of that, but passion sets you apart. Anybody like watching the passion of the Olympics the last couple of weeks? I mean, that is just amazing. When you watch those guys and, and getting ready to do their thing, they've worked all these years, they've worked hard, they're passionate about their sport and uh, what's going to happen. I love that passion of the Olympians. I love that, that, that spirit of excellence. I'm going to give everything I've got to do what I am driven to do and what I am passionate about. I love to watch that passion in people's lives. And I think we all uh, watch that and we relate to that and they win the gold medal and we get teary-eyed even though we've seen it a thousand times before, we still get emotional you know, when we watch that and listen to that and we just love that every night. But I wanna tell you guys, I don't wanna live somebody else's story my whole life. I wanna have my own story. How many of you guys want to have your own story? I mean, it's cool to, to listen and watch and, and relate and hear other people's things and think, man, I, somehow I wish I could have a, a passion and a story and something that's really cool like these people. I want to tell you, you can. You're writing your story right now. You're in the middle of your story right now. And I wonder how many of you are living your life with passion like I am giving everything I've got 
to fulfill the passion that Jesus has given me because I'm going to do something significant with my life that makes a difference on this planet. That's what we're looking for when we're looking for purpose. We're saying, God, I want to find that thing in my life that I can be so passionate about that I can be lost in that and knowing that I'm accomplishing something great for the kingdom of God. I think often when, when we have a God-given passion and purpose in our life, it usually affects other people. It usually helps other people even fulfill their dreams. And maybe for some of you, that's what God has called you to do, help other people fulfill their dreams. Your dream, probably whatever it is in your life right now, whatever it is you're passionate about, it probably involves other people, something that you are doing that helps other people. Maybe you're a contractor and you're building people's dream homes. You know, maybe you are providing a service. Maybe you are managing money. Maybe you are uh, in a medical field that helps people or cutting hair for people. Or maybe you're a nanny and you're blessing people or educating people or cooking for people. You're doing something that, that you love to do and you're passionate about that people enjoy. And it's something that, that is a service to other people. I found... In my life, as I mentioned, I wasn't one of the, the singers and musicians and all that, but I found my passion a long time ago, and I, I really, until this last year, I figured out how to define it, and uh, I'm going to change my profile on LinkedIn, and uh, I found out that I, I, the new job description or title for my position is an opportunity engineer. That's really what I've done my whole life. I just engineer opportunities for other people. I help them, I help discover uh, the, the call of God in their life, help discover the gifts in people's lives, help discover things in their life, and then I help facilitate that dream and call in other people's lives. That's just what I've done. That's what I've done my entire life in, in helping people. Now I'm uh, in a position where I'm helping people uh, get credentials for ministry, I'm helping plant churches, helping revitalize churches, just engineering opportunities for people in their life. I'm going to uh, tonight, if you haven't bought a ticket for tonight, you need to get one tonight. We're going to have a great time tonight. I am going to, this evening, identify for you guys one simple thing, one simple principle that will absolutely change your life. It will affect every relationship that you have. It will affect every, your relationship with God, with your family, with your wife, with your kids, with your neighbor's kids. It affects every relationship. You don't want to miss tonight. We're going to have a great steak. We're going to have a lot of fun. And we're going to learn one principle that will impact your life and all of your relationships. I want to tell you, Jesus gave people a cause and a dream that they never had. If you remember when he called the disciples, hey, come and follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men. And he gave people dreams. He gave them a cause and a purpose to life and, and something to live their life for in their life. And I've, one of the things I've found, I've been involved in uh, ministry to men and uh, in life and, and creating opportunities for guys. I didn't find, it wasn't the indoor, hey, let's go and you know have the band thing or worship thing. I, just, I was passionate about and loved doing things in the outdoors. In Arizona, much like Florida, you got good weather year-round. Where we live, you can be golfing in Phoenix at 70 degrees. Or you can drive two hours in January. You can be golfing in Phoenix or drive two hours up to Flagstaff and go snowboarding. 
on the same day. I mean, it's just amazing diversity. So outdoors, for outdoor enthusiasts, it's just a great place to live. You've got the diversity all year long and uh, doing things. I had a real passion for outdoors. I realized that Jesus' model of discipleship was uh, one that was really outdoors. It wasn't, hey, meet me at the synagogue for a Bible study every day. And he did teach there. He did do some Bible studies, but he did life with people. He did life. He's just walking. Uh, he's, he's telling me, hey, let's get in the boat and go to the other side of the lake. Let's go on a boat ride. I know there's a storm coming, but let's just see what happens anyway. And he just goes out on a boat ride in a storm. He said, hey, let's go up in the mountains. Let's hike up in the mountains to pray. He has a barbecue. My favorite uh, picture in my mind of Jesus is sitting on the beach. When they got done fishing, the disciples fished all night. They come in. He said, come and eat. I've got something cooking here. He's got a barbecue on the beach with the disciples. That's how I picture Jesus doing life with the disciples, walking along the road, hiking on the trails, on a boat ride, and just teaching them about life. That's what I've tried to do in my life. I disciple men and uh, predominantly in discipling men and taking time in life, doing things that guys like to do dangerous things. And uh, sometimes they're stupid things. But as I get older, I, I'm still doing the dangerous, but not quite so foolishly. And I at least put my seatbelt on these days when we're driving. And a bit, any, any guys like dangerous things, dangerous activities? About three of you guys. What's wrong with the rest of you guys? Are you guys living or what, man, in life? You've got to be doing some things that get your blood pumping, make you know you're alive a little bit in uh, some of the things that you do in life. And I've found a lot of uh, activities with guys. When you get them out at a campfire, you do some things that are a little bit uh, on the dangerous side, whether it's um, we just actually I took, I had a first-time experience um, in May. I planned a trip with 15 pastors. We river rafted the Colorado River through the Grand Canyon, uh, the bottom half, 54 miles to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. But we didn't. We we drove up thinking we we're going to have those big giant rafts that you get in, you know, like 30 people and all your gear and all that. We get up there and the guy puts all his gear in one raft, and then he lays out four two-man inflatable kayaks. And it got really quiet. I mean, it, I was really quiet. I'm looking like, oh, Jesus, this is just getting real, real fast here. And the guys were looking because you put in the water and you go right into the rapids. I mean, it's just like, so he goes, and then we had a paddle raft where six guys get in a paddle raft and then the rest of them are in kayaks. He goes, how many of you guys want to do the kayaks first? There was not one volunteer. I'm like, Caden, we got to go, man. They're waiting on us. We got to lead the way. It's my son. And it's like, hey, man, we'll take one. We jump in a kayak. First rapid we hit, it's just like he said, you got to hit them head on. But it's too intimidating to hit those rapids head on. We turn sideways and I try to think, well, let's just go around it. You know, I think so massive, you know, it's just going to swallow us up. It didn't work going around it. The water just wiped me out, sent me down the river floating. And Caden had no idea. He's just paddling away still, you know, and I'm trying to catch up to the raft, just trying to survive, you know. And it's just living those adventures like that. And I'm telling you, sitting after a day of that when guys are saying, I almost died today, and uh, sitting around a campfire talking about life and things and the day and those adventures, I'm telling you, guys open their heart like no other uh, times in life. It's absolutely amazing. I found um, that things like that are, are life-changing uh, to guys. Uh, Jesus gave people a cause and a dream. John Maxwell, I love the term that he uses. He said, teamwork makes the dream work. Your place 
your purpose, your dream, may be to help someone who can't help themselves. Maybe it's to be involved in rescuing girls from human trafficking. Maybe there's something that, that God's purpose may be bigger than you. When we talk about purpose, we can't be selfish-minded in things. We can't just think of ourselves. Life is just not about us. If you're looking for your purpose because it's all about you, you're not really seeing it from a mature perspective. I think that's where we start. Hey, what is it about me? But it, it goes beyond that that we'll talk about in just a moment. Your purpose is bigger than you. What are your gifts, spiritual strengths to fulfill your purpose? You are good at your spiritual gift. It, it just comes easy and you'll be able to use it for other people. You're energized by your spiritual gift. You won't be worn out when you, when you live doing what you were wired to do. When you're in your strengths, you don't get tired, but you get energized. It's like, hey, I'm not worn out. It's like, I can't wait to do more of that. I can't wait to do that again. That's why Pastor Eugene never gets tired. He's passionate because he's living in his passion. He's living in that the whole church life just energizes him around people. We give our purpose to something bigger than us. When you are bigger than your purpose, you have a career. When your purpose is bigger than you, you have a calling. I want to give you three steps to our purpose. Three steps today, very practical things. We start out wanting to make a difference. We all want to make a difference in life. We want to do something that matters with our life. And then the next step is making a difference doing something that makes a difference. We want to lose ourselves in something that has eternal value. Something that we realize, hey, this has got real value to it. And then we want to make a difference doing something with people who make a difference. We don't want to just be alone. We need each other. We need each other. You need every person that's in this building. And there are people that are not here yet that need to be here. We need each other. One is too small of a number to do something great. City Church, you need each other. Together, you are better. And you will do great things. You're already doing some great things, but I think even greater things. Even greater things. I believe as I was praying this morning, I thought, God, I, I remember moving into our new facility. We were crammed into a building. We had three services in a small building where I was the church that we planted. And we, we built a new facility and moved in and you got all the space. And it took us about a year, Pastor Eugene. It's just kind of like, just kind of figuring out, you know, it's different, different location, different atmosphere, different, just, just different. Not good or bad or worse or better, just different. Many ways better, I, I would say. But it's just different. Probably took us about a year to figure it out. But after that year, I remember we got some things figured out. And it launched us into a season of momentum that was just absolutely amazing. I mean, everybody kind of found their place. They found their purpose. It's like you're firing on all cylinders. Man, all the, everybody's working together. Things are working good. There's a great momentum started to build. And we started reaching our community like never before. People started finding their purpose and things that they were doing. 
We found out, we had one guy, we found out that we had 500 boys signed up for a big brother in our community. I thought, that's a shame. We've got 500 young boys looking for a big brother in Prescott Valley. And I said, guys, sit up on a Sunday morning like this. I said, guys, we got to do something about this. I said, I've signed up to be a big brother, and I want you to sign up to be a big brother. We had men all over the church signed up, took these little boys, brought them to our Wednesday night uh, program. I mean, it just packed it out. We had boys coming to Jesus. We had moms that were coming to the church, coming to Jesus. We had just amazing things happening because it's where they fit in the community. They found ways to reach out to the school. They found ways to go in the Chamber of Commerce. We had people that started new businesses, very connected to the Chamber of Commerce. We found, I mean, just absolutely unbelievable things that started happening when people were finding their place, finding their purpose, not waiting on the pastor. And the, You've got an amazing pastoral team and staff and all that, but they are not called to do all the ministry. You have a purpose. You have a ministry that God wants you to fulfill. Don't wait on them to do it all because they're gifted and they're good and they can do it and they can do it well. God has something for each one of you and he needs each one of you to fulfill that purpose. Team is what accomplishes great things. You are part of the team. And the older you get, the more you realize that life is short. I'm telling you, don't waste your time worrying about people and circumstances and things that you have no control over. Make sure your time makes a difference. We only get one chance at life. Let's do it well. Let's do it right. And when you invest your life in other people, you accomplish something significant. Significance is when I add value to other people. We want to add value to other people. Every person that walks through the doors into this building for the first time, you need to find out how can we add value to that person's life. You come back here every week because you've had value added to you. People love you. You're in an amazing church. I visit a church every Sunday. I'm in a different place. And I tell you, if I could have a regular church to go to, it would be this one. <laughs> I love this church. What an amazing church. When you find your purpose, you find your why. And when you find your why, you find your way. We all want to find our way. I'm praying that you find your way today. That you find what it is that God has for you. Whether it's an adventure ministry. Actually, that's what we called it in our church. We call it an adventure ministry. I gathered a group of guys they were kind of like-minded with me. They weren't the gifted, you know, preachers, teachers, singers, musicians, all that. I said, hey, if you guys want to start an adventure ministry, that's going to be amazing. Meet me on whatever night. I had a handful of guys that came out. We developed an adventure ministry that was absolutely incredible. We started doing things I never imagined that I would do. In fact, Pastor Eugene, I took, do we have a couple pictures? Let's show those real quick. We, I took him on a trip. We went with us. It's Pastor Eugene rappelling for the first time down into, I think that that was in Cathedral. It was in Zion Park, Utah, and going on a canyoneering trip. And uh, he went with us and a bunch of pastors, and uh, him and Keenan. He's rappelling down into what's called Cathedral. And I think, do you have the other picture of that? The uh, second one. That's him coming down. That's him coming down through the bottom of that thing in, uh, in Cathedral. And it's just that little bit of danger in his life. And it's those moments, you know you're alive at that moment. In fact, we call it a, uh, you're like a high pucker factor at that moment. It's just like everything in you is all puckered up, you know. 
you know, you're on level 10, you know, for anxiety and anxiousness and, and all that. Just absolutely amazing. Guys, maybe that's you, that you need to plan some adventure things. And you take some guys. I've taken guys. I'm getting ready to take uh, five guys. We, we just found something new. It's a backcountry discovery route. We're taking dirt bikes from the Mexico border all the way backcountry across Arizona to Utah. And we've got saddlebags for our dirt bikes, and we're totally self-contained for six days. Bunch of reprobate guys. They don't know Jesus. It's going to be wild <laughs> trip. And, but you know what? I'm believing that every one of them is going to come to Jesus. I'm going to have five campfires. I'm going to have five campfire nights with these guys to say, hey, man, tell me about your marriage. Tell me about your kids. Tell me about life. And I know that I'm going to lead some of these guys to Jesus somewhere in the back country of Arizona. I live for those moments, guys. And you can find those things that you can live for and be passionate about that are just absolutely life-changing to the people around you. There is purpose for your life. I want to pray for you. Would you bow your heads with me?